ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 30 of He Book, She Book. I'm Mike. And I'm Becca. And our plan for today was to go over all things AEW. AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, and then, of course, the pay-per-view AEW All Out. But things have changed because AEW All Out happened to be uh, the best pay-per-view I've ever seen. And I don't care enough to talk about anything that happened on Dynamite and Rampage. We're going to just jump right into the pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, this pay-per-view was insane, top I'm to bottom. still just, like, vibrating from this pay-per-view. It was the craziest last 10 minutes, 15 oh, minutes. The whole thing, like, from start to finish, amazing. And then I'm the type of old lady who is asleep by the time pay-per-views end for the most part and have to rewatch on the next morning and I could not I definitely fell asleep during Paul White sorry about that but took my nice little nap and I am so thankful that I was wide awake for that last 10 minutes because holy hell holy holy hell yeah, I mean, we're going to start with the, with the beginning of the show, yeah. and we're going to work our way up to what was the wildest shit I've ever seen. All of it. Um, I mean, AEW continues to deliver, continues to give us reason to tune in every Wednesday and Friday, and I mean, like, this pay-per-view like, was just unreal. It, it, I'm mad I have so to many... wait until Wednesday. Well, yeah, that's the thing is, they, they don't over-promise anything, Mm-mm. but they over-deliver every time. It's amazing. They're, what they are doing is just incredible. Like, they're just creating this buzz around the professional wrestling world that is unlike anything we've seen in over 20 years. I agree with I mean, that. WWE has not had competition, and whether they want to believe it or not, and again, I mean, they're according to them, they're not a pro wrestling company. So maybe it's not competition in their eyes. But there is a pro wrestling company out there called AEW, and they are killing it. So, so good. And the paper, for this pay-per-view, there were things that we expected to happen. I did a little teaser on episode 29 about this episode, about how we were hoping that there was a rumor of two people showing up. And guess what? Both of those people showed up. And then somebody else. And then more people showed up. Like, I'm blown away. We will get to these as they happen. I don't want to start saying anything too soon. I want you to just, if you saw this pay-per-view, you know who showed up. Uh, You will hear us. You'll hear in our voice how excited we as fans were to see this happen. And we can just kick it off with the pre-show. There was a tag team match. That was fun. It was a lot. There was 10 people in this tag team match. At one point, I thought Orange Cassidy, again, I think that's every time I see him wrestle, he's going to break his wrist because his hands are in his pockets. And that was the best thing that came out of the pre-show. Yeah, I mean, you could tell the crowd was hot uh, for the pre-show even, which is always a good sign. Yes. And it's, it was Chicago again, which AEW just basically runs yeah, now. Do they live there now? They basically, I mean, it's, it's going to be rough for WWE to try to run shows in Chicago right now. Um, I don't know if they have anything coming up, but I mean, it's just, it's AEW town now. Yeah. And they continue to dominate. We opened the show with Miro versus Eddie Kingston. And, you know, as expected, Miro gets this win. He is so, such a dominating being. And he's scary now. We've said this before about him. He's very intimidating. He's very scary now. And he just... He can stay the TNT champion. I'm fine with that. This was for the championship. He retains... On our scorecards, though, there was a little thing. Do you think 
Miro's wife will be here? And we both said yes. Yeah, and she was not. And she was not. She was just tweeting from home, some inappropriate stuff. She trolled us, though. She said she was in Chicago. She may very well be in Chicago. I mean, Chicago. she could have been there, yeah. She just didn't, did not show up. Uh, like I said before, I do not care about Lana as a wrestler. Totally love Lana, whatever her name will be here as, like, I was just said Rusev's wife, as Miro's wife. I love it. She can be a great manager for him, and I'm back. To, I'm very excited to see her if she does come, but she did not. And then we can get into what was our first surprise yes. of the night. Uh, John Moxley takes on Satoshi Kojima. Big match for Moxley. He's been trying to basically... It's like he's going to have this storyline. He wants to take out everyone in New Japan that ducked him during the pandemic. Yeah, and let him do it. And he I takes on Kojima. It's a hard-hitting match, just like Moxley so enjoys more than anything all else. All of Moxley's matches, for the most part, are hard-hitting. He, especially New Japan people. But we yes. have to say something that happened Saturday night with John Moxley. Well, yeah, the night before... Um, Matt Cardona is defending his GCW championship, mm-hmm. and he does, like, this open challenge kind of deal, and he thought he had the night off, and just the same way that Matt Cardona came into GCW, kind of dressed up, he was pretending like he was John Moxley. Yeah. So then when he took the mask off, people were freaking out, it's Matt Cardona, kind of a letdown, kind of like a what the hell are you doing in GCW idea. And but it he became the gets, champion. He, yeah, became the champion. He's doing amazing work as, like, this heel character in GCW, and we have a bunch of masked people in the ring with him, mm-hmm. and one of those people is John Moxley. Yo, and I freaked. And I John Moxley out. is now your GCW champion, and we're gonna get John Moxley versus Nick fucking Gage. And I mean, like, it's in like, Atlantic City too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is like John Moxley's dream. Uh, they've been teasing it for months that we're going to get that Moxley-Gage match, and I know he had to have been jealous that Jericho got it first. Yeah. But, yeah, John Moxley, a big weekend for him. He gets the win over Shitoshi Kojima, and then, just out of the blue, which I kind of insinuated a couple weeks ago that we might be getting this, uh, he just happened to be in the United States mm-hmm. for some other work, but Minoru Suzuki makes his way down to the ring. The crowd goes nuts. John Moxley is losing his mind himself in the ring. Oh, yeah. Because this legend is about to come in and choke John Moxley out unconscious. Yo, this was crazy. Because I know a few weeks ago you had mentioned that he's here in the United States. And I'm sitting here with like just a glazed over look being like, who the hell is this guy? And all you had to say was, we watched this man shave his own head and I would have remembered. This guy is insane. Yeah. Insane. He is the murder grandpa. For he real. is in his 50s and just as threatening as any other individual For you'll real. ever see. And him and Moxley just kind of just hit each other yeah. a ton. And then Suzuki just lays him out. And we're going to get John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki. Moxley's going to continue his journey of trying to kill everyone in New Japan. I hope he does. And, I mean, if it eventually leads us to Moxley Tanahashi, I'm all yeah, in. Yeah, let's see it. I am so here for it. I love John Moxley so much. And then... That brings us to Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Chris Statlander. Um, Statlander has been on fire in AEW for weeks and months, and she finally gets that chance against Britt Baker. Unfortunately for her, Britt Baker is the best. Just, just I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't even know how to say it anymore. Like, I do feel like she is the best female wrestler currently going. Listen, I'm going to take back something that I said weeks ago, where I said that the WWE has 
the top 10 best female wrestlers because Britt Baker is definitely on that list. Thunder Rosa is on that list. Fantastic. I take back what yeah. I said. Um, I will still say that they have most of the top female wrestlers they just do. because their roster is so much bigger. But the women that are now on AEW are starting to dominate and Britt Baker is one of them. Something else I want to touch on this though, uh, Statlander's friend is Orange Cassidy. Yeah. And he's out there. Orange Cassidy, if you have watched wrestling, is a very just like lax dude. He doesn't do a full fist bump. He barely does a full thumbs up. Like he's very just basic. Yeah. And he doesn't care. He's he from wherever, weighing whatever. Yes. That's literally how he's introduced. After his match, he and Jungle Boy have, like, their own little handshake. And me and you turn to each other, and we just start laughing. Like, oh, he must really like Jungle Boy. That's the most effort I've ever yeah. seen him put into anything. During this match, Chris Statlander almost got counted out. And Orange Cassidy starts freaking the fuck out. Yeah. He's like, get in that ring. His hair's going crazy. He's going crazy. And this is the most in the two years that I've seen this man wrestle. This is the most I've ever seen him move. Yeah, and it gave a little bit extra to this match. Yes. Which we had assumed Britt Baker's going to get this win because... Because she's Britt Baker. Like, AEW did a great job of building her up. And Mm Statlander as well, but Britt Baker was not forced down our throats immediately. We knew when they started All Elite Wrestling that she was like the the prime female for them, Mm -hmm. right? She was doing the media. She was kind of being like the foremost uh, female on that roster. But it took her a while to get that championship. And now that she has it, it's just like she is their version of Charlotte Flair just without yeah. the forced Yeah, I like, agree with that. Title she, reigns. She doesn't need the forced title reigns. No, she doesn't need she doesn't need anything. She's Mm-mm. just taking whatever she wants, and she is to me the number one female in professional wrestling. And that includes Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks, and I think a lot of it is just the organic build of her. Where, again, she wasn't forced down our throats, but she knows how good she is. She's fantastic on the mic and getting better. She's fantastic at the ring and getting better. And I don't know who's going to dethrone her, but we can kind of jump a little bit ahead to the Casino Battle Royal. Yeah, because we have somebody who may because be able this to dethrone match, her. Uh, 21 women are fighting for the opportunity to take on Britt Baker. And some of these women we've seen on AEW, some of these women, like Sky Blue, we see in GCW and other places. Yes, I mean, we had Hikaru Shida, who Britt Baker beat for the championship. Yes. We had the Bunny here. We had Anna Jay is back. Um, we had Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa, as we mentioned before. Uh, Ty Conti's here. Layla Hirsch, Rebel Jade Cargill. And they're all here because in these Casino Battle Royals, it's one of my, like, I don't necessarily like the layout of Casino Battle Royals. Oh, I do. They're basically Royal Rumbles, but everybody comes out in groups of five based on the suit that they drew. Um, But they all also have their own individual entrances in their suit. Like, they'll be like, this is the diamonds. Yeah, it's very... Watch it. Yeah, it's fine. It works, but it's it's basically a Royal Rumble just with, like, groups of people coming out at once. And then they have the Joker. Mm Mm-hmm. And the Joker gets to come out all by themselves. They're number 21. Mm-hmm. And it's Ruby Soho. Oh, my God. Formerly known as Ruby Riot. She's been gone a little bit. She got. Re- she was one of those terrible releases uh, yeah. from a few months ago. I have been WWE. waiting impatiently for her to show up on AEW. Yeah. She's been having these awesome, uh, what do you even call them? 
vignettes. Vignettes on, I think they're just on Instagram. And Twitter, like, yeah. Yeah, throughout social media of just, I'm Ruby Soho now. I'm, I have a destination. What is yeah, that destination? She's the runaway. She's the runaway. And her destination is AEW. And she comes out as the Joker. It's her and Thunder Rosa are the last two in this match. And Ruby Soho wins this casino battle royale. And she is going to go against Britt Baker for the women's championship. Uh, could she dethrone Britt? No. But it's fine. Oh, she yeah, doesn't I, have to. I want her to. Because Ruby, if you listen to the people that um, talk about Ruby, mm-hmm. who are friends of Ruby's, like people like Kevin Owens, Liv Morgan, and people like that, they will always just tell anyone who wants to hear it that Ruby is one of the nicest people in all of wrestling. Yes. And just deserves the best. And she didn't get a lot of push in WWE. She had the Riot Squad, but they didn't. They never did anything with them. Yeah. And she said they had the post media scrums, which like I love these love like post show media scrums where love it's this. just press conferences. Love it. And in the press conference, she said that as long as she's been on national television, which has been a while now, it's a very long time. She has never won a championship, and that is some straight bullshit. It's bizarre. She mm-hmm. is. She, this woman is so unique looking. Yep. And the way she wrestles is unique. Yep. The way her her whole demeanor, everything about her, her promos, all of it. Why she didn't have a bigger push in the WWE makes no sense to me. And then on top of that, they release her. This is one of those people that got released that I was just heartbroken over, but knew I would follow them wherever they went. And I'm so happy that she ended up at AEW. She's going to have just so many more opportunities here. And she already gets an opportunity to face Britt Baker mm-hmm. for the AEW Women's Championship. And, like, it's one of those head scratchers where you look at her and you're like, this is such a unique individual who loves pro wrestling. But, again, the place that released her doesn't think that they're a pro wrestling company. Yeah. And as much as they like unique people, it doesn't seem like they like particularly unique pro wrestlers. And Ruby getting this opportunity here... And, like, in that uh, press conference, she was just so excited and so happy to be oh, there. Oh, yeah. You could and, tell it was all over her. And it's, it's it's becoming just a common occurrence and a common theme is everybody that jumps and ends up in AEW says the same things of, you know, there's more freedom here and mm-hmm. there's more happiness here. Nobody's walking on eggshells. There's more they feel opportunity. more welcome. More welcome, exactly. And it's not – that's such a just – I don't even I don't even know the words. It's just so bad. It's such a bad look. Yes. For WWE, that it's all sad. of these people. It is sad. It's sad that these people who love this form of art, who think for years when they're children that they want to go work for WWE, they want to mm-hmm. work for Vince McMahon and be on WWE television, and they get there, and it's like, it just doesn't work out. Yeah. They're just not happy. They're and and some of them. They are happy there. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of people who are happy with the WWE, and the WWE is doing very good things for them to get them that push and to get exactly. them where where they want to be and where we want to see them. I mean, we don't know who Ruby Soho is if she's not Ruby Riot. Exactly. Exactly. And 
it, WWE does great things for great people, but they some people just get lost in the shuffle, man. Mm-hmm. And Ruby was one of those people, and it's it's better for her to have been released because she what doesn't get this opportunity if she doesn't exactly. And, and it, she is going to just excel as Ruby Soho. I do think that. Yeah, I think she's going to be such a likable face character because mm-hmm. they tried to make her almost like a heel character with the Riot Squad, and she's like, "This girl is so nice." It's and they, she loves this so much. We're not going to boo her. I don't think that WWE understands. There is a big disconnect with WWE and what the fans want, and we as fans, yeah. and I'm speaking as a whole here, not just you and I. We're so behind Ruby Riot. Former wrestlers, Mick Foley, so behind Ruby Riot. Wrestlers that were in the ring, so behind her. And for some reason, she got lost in the shuffle and then released. Well, yeah, according to Nick Khan, the people that got released, they didn't see as moving the needle. And, and whatever that means crazy. to them is ludicrous. But we also have to consider that this is a WWE is a publicly traded company with yes. shareholders. And they are more profitable than AEW probably will ever be. But they are not currently the better professional wrestling product. No. They're just not. They're not. And they keep releasing more and more people and letting more and more people go. Mm -hmm. Even more outrageous, which we'll get to a little bit later. But some people that have never been in WWE are the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros, who absolutely tore the house down in just an insane steel cage match. And we always bitch about the... The young bucks being in the ring at the same time. Steel Cage is a little bit different because you're all allowed to. Yeah, you're all in there. It's totally fine. It worked out perfect for them. Steel Cage matches in general to me are some of the best matches. Like I know you love ladder matches probably more than any other type of match. I do. I think I feel that way about Steel Cage matches. I just think they're awesome. There's always something crazy that is going to happen. Like, I don't know, Ray Phoenix jumping off the top of the fucking cage. Which I was hoping that they wouldn't. Like, it was on our school cards, so, like, will somebody jump yeah. off? But, like, I saw the cage, and I was like, that's really high, though. Yeah, I know. You were so really, worried about that. It's a really that. high cage. And, yeah, at some point, Ray Phoenix, towards the end of this match, jumps off the cage and so perfectly yeah. gets, like, gets caught so well and just rolls through like it's nothing. Like, he didn't just jump 20 feet yeah. onto human beings. Yeah, it was crazy. And the Lucha Bros end up winning this match. There was a Jordan sneaker with thumbtacks on it mm-hmm. that the Young Bucks took out. There was blood everywhere. Everywhere. The masks of the Lucha Bros were ripped to shreds. Well, it doesn't matter for Penta because his face was bleeding so much you still couldn't see what his face looked like under the mask anyway. Exactly. It was crazy. It was crazy. And one, of, a, one of the best tag team matches. Like I'm a big fan of Penta. I think he's so cool and so unique. And I like the Lucha Bros a lot. And they get this when they finally take those tag titles off of the Young Bucks, which is good because they don't need to be champions. No. They're going to be, like, main event guys regardless of what exactly. um, is around their waist. The Lucha Bros kind of needed this win because that they need something um, to get them on these shows. Yeah. Right? And uh, Pac and Andrade was supposed to happen on this card. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to happen on Dynamite because Pac had some travel issues. And... Two-thirds of the Death Triangle now with some gold around their waist, finally. And hopefully we can get that whole thing with Pack sorted. Uh, yeah, that's just crazy. Because then I love that they played it off like it was Andrade's guys yeah. that, like, canceled his flight. Yes. And then he was like, no, I don't know that he was on the American Airlines. Like, that was all great and fine yeah. and dandy. They're able to bring, like, 
comedy into a crap situation. It's the thing, like, turn it into a storyline. Exactly. Pac had travel issues. Make it seem like Andrade's the reason why he had travel yeah, issues. Yeah, because in the past, they already did that. Like, yeah. they made it seem like Andrade canceled. Like, it all issue. made perfect sense, and the Lucha Brothers get this win in what is the best, one of the best matches we've seen this year. Um, and then we had one of the worst fucking entrances I've ever yeah. seen in my life. My I was God. so disappointed with Jericho's entrance. So, he, MJF versus Chris Jericho. If Chris Jericho loses, he's never going to wrestle again. Yes. Right? MJF comes out. He comes down to the count. He comes out with the countdown, the old Y2J countdown. Yeah, which we to thought troll everyone, was going to be Jericho. Which was genius. I loved it. And then it's a countdown to Jericho's last match. Hilarious. MJF just gets it. He does. He I love him so much. It. He's such an amazing heel, and he's just getting better, and he's got so much heat already. And then Jericho is going to come out. He's going to have one of the Fozzie guys play guitar for his entrance, and the crowd is going to sing his entrance again. Yeah. But my God, was this just out of sync? It, yeah. Like I don't know if the the guy on the guitar was going too quick, or I don't. I don't. There was such a disconnect between that and Jericho. Saw he, he could it. tell it was on yeah. his face. He was like, "This is not good." Listen, I don't know how it sounded in the arena, but it looked to me watching at home like Jericho knew it was shit. Yeah, because I mean. Like, I don't think the guitar guy could hear the crowd. I'm pretty sure all he could hear is, like, is the himself, guitar. himself, yeah. Right? And he's playing the guitar, and one, it's way too loud. Mm-hmm. Because it's overbearing and overshadowing the people singing. And he kind of just, like, is doing his own thing. Yeah, he had, like, a, like I mean, he had a guitar solo, but, like, he just kind of went against the lyrics and just I, oh, did it was his so weird like the crowd weird. seemed lost and then some of them stopped singing you could see that they were just like all right fuck this it's not working yeah and like if it was just that guy playing guitar I'd be like okay it's not that bad mm-hmm. but it clearly was supposed to be he's playing guitar for the fans to sing the song yes. and it just was it did not, not work out that good way at all um the match was fine um the referee accidentally counts to three at one point uh mjf is pinning chris jericho and Jericho gets his foot on the rope. The ref doesn't see it. Mm-hmm. And then we get another ref that comes down and is like, hey, foot's on the rope. Yeah, you were wrong. So they restart the match, which I don't like personally. I just think yeah. it's kind of asinine. Like, what's MJF the point? should have been like, I won and left. Yes. If I'm if I'm MJF in that situation, mm-hmm. I'm peacing out. Yeah. Like, And then they, they decide to restart this match. And Jericho is going to get the win here. He makes MJF tap out. And... It just, it was more convoluted than it needed to be. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I knew that Jericho was going to win this match because there yeah. was no way Jericho was not ever going to wrestle again. Even if he just took a break for a while, like, he won this match, cool, we don't see him for a little bit. I, he also kept saying that he was going to be, like, full-time on Rampage. and Which would I, be a nightmare. Yeah, I do not want that. So I was rooting for Jericho to win this match. And it happened that way. And that's awesome. The ending did not have the guitar guy. And the crowd was able to sing Fozzie. Yeah, and it God. was so much better that they were able to do it without the Fozzie guy there. And that, I mean, that match was good, though. I wouldn't say it yeah. wasn't good. No, it was a fine match. Again, my only issue was... And outside of the entrance, obviously, was I just don't like this idea that the referee misses the call and then another referee comes down and is like, oh, you messed up. Like, I've always, in wrestling history, it's always been the referee's count is final. Yeah, final. And there's, like, some instances where, like, they do this kind of shit. I just don't particularly like it. 
I think it just, like, if we're going to do this kind of thing, every single time somebody uses a weapon, a referee should come out from the backstage and be like, you're disqualified, because I saw that. Yeah. It just... It, it doesn't make any it sense. It doesn't make any sense. And wrestling doesn't have to make sense. No. But it's nice when it does. Yeah. Um, and next up on the card, for the first time in seven years, CM Punk is going to wrestle. It was amazing. All around amazing. From the entrances to the finish of this match, Darby Allen comes out with his skateboard and some of the most beautiful art I've ever seen on a skateboard because it's just half Darby's face, half CM Punk's face. Beautiful. They both start this match by sitting in the ring. I thought Darby was going to pass out. Listen, we kept saying this the whole time that Darby looked like he was going to pass out. And it was one of those things where it was like, this kid. Yes. Darby Allen is a kid is about to have a match against his idol mm-hmm. who has not wrestled in seven years and specifically requested to wrestle him when he comes back. Yeah. And then on top of that, you are in this hometown of CM Punk. So not only do you have just the incredible CM Punk chants that are coming out anywhere he would be, you have the hometown crowd cheering for CM Punk and it literally looked like it was just all of it was so much and just sucking the life out of Darby Allen like he his soul was not in his body no he just looked like he was so overwhelmed that he was going to pass out and he was sitting in the corner of the ring just staring at Punk like in all of him and then Punk did his normal sit down and he sat down and before the match even starts before the match even starts we have holy shit chance yep and And, it was amazing is in pants. I have to point this I out. I know. <laughs> um, it was like the first thing I noticed when he came out. I was like, he's wearing pants. So, Sam Punk, I've never seen wear pants in my life. Mm-hmm. I figured he wouldn't come back with, like, the underwear. Yeah. Right? I figured maybe we go trunks, maybe we go, like, shorts or something like that. Because older guys typically get out of the that phase of wearing, like, the super short, uh, mm-hmm. like, underwear trunks, right? Like, Jericho is in pants it's like the older you get, the longer your gear gets. Yeah. Right? And he comes out in these in these pants, and like he looks like a million bucks. He looks in great shape. He, he looks, looks incredible. And this match was so well-paced. There was a story in it the whole entire time, and people made um, people pointed this out uh, on Instagram and on Twitter that back in the 90s, they had Bret Hart versus the 1-2-3 kit, Sean Maltland, X-Pac, whatever you want to call him. And they took so many moves out of that match to tell this story. Because it's the same story. Mm -hmm. It's the old vet versus the young kid. And it's the old vet trying to prove, like, he's still got it. He's still better than you. And the young kid trying to be like, you're my hero, but I want to beat you today. Yeah. And this match was... it, It worked to Punk's limitations, which are that, again, he has not wrestled in seven years. Mm -hmm. His cardio is not going to be there. So it was very well, the cardio slow. is the only thing he had going for him, and he kept saying that. Yeah. Because like, he, he, that's the only thing he's worked out. And that's the thing. He looked like he was in tremendous shape, uh, but it was all just very slow. Yeah. It, and was, it was just beautiful. The, from start to finish, everything about it. Like Darby got all of his stuff in. Mm-hmm. They had, like, the almost go to sleeps a couple times. Darby mm-hmm. just, like, avoids it. And the coffin drop? The coffin drop. They it, had it was like, all of it from start to finish. Amazing. Darby got all of his stuff in. And it's what I said, I think, on the last podcast is 
you can lose matches and like people can lose matches and both people still look good. I 100% agree. Darby Allen does not lose anything for having lost this match. Yeah. What he gets on his record is that he lost to CM Punk. Yeah. Which is not a loss. Yeah. It, it looked it was great. such a great match. It was a battle. Um, it was physical. It was technical. It was everything that we would have expected. And I don't know what's next for Punk. I don't know if we run it back. I honestly don't think we should. Because I think that... I don't know how many matches Punk's going to do. Yeah. But I would like for him to kind of work his way through... Um, the different people that he has not wrestled before. Yeah. And if we want to come back to it eventually to get Darby that win, fine. But I need Punk to turn if that's what we're doing. Yeah, and when he, wasn't it Punk when he was leaving, he pretended to go through the heel exit? Yes. That oh, was, it was very so, funny. It was so very good. Funny. Because, like, the whole time, like, I'm watching Sting comes out and he shakes Punk's hand and Punk shakes Darby's hand. I was like, somebody needs to kick somebody in yeah. the dick or something. Just, like, it'd be, it'd be so entertaining. If, yeah, well, like, Rusev did that, or Miro did that earlier. Exactly, but, like, it's such a heel move. And, yeah. like, I was expecting, like, all right, maybe somebody will turn, maybe it's too soon, whatever. And then Punk is leaving, and AEW has your face entrances, and you have your heel entrances. Mm-hmm. And Punk kind of starts to go towards the heel entrance. People are like, no, it's the wrong one. And he finally goes back down the face entrance. But, like, it's that kind of thing that you get in AEW that you don't get in WWE. It's, like, those subtle things, which come into play later on. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to it. And I really do like that in the, like, the interview after the fact. Punk says, you know, you see Sting standing in the ring with CM Punk and Darby Allin. Like, there are three generations of wrestlers that have learned from each other and are still learning from each other in this ring. And it's just, like, poetic. Yeah. I mean, you have a guy in his 60s, you have a guy in his 40s, you have a guy in his 20s, all guys that... Sting was a top guy anywhere mm-hmm. he went. Punk was a top guy anywhere he went. Darby Allen could be a top guy. Um, I don't know when that's going to be. He will be. I guess he kind of is at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know other people's opinions on it, but, I mean... I love Darby Allen. Everybody that comes to AEW talks about Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. And, yet yeah, Punk in the, um, the press conference after the fights says that, you know, he doesn't know what's next either. But he keeps referencing guys like Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks, guys that he wants to get in the ring with. And, I, again, I don't know if we're going to do it with Darby again or if he moves on. But there's, uh, he said that he didn't think it would make sense for Punk to come back and face Kenny Omega first. Yeah. Eventually you have to do that. Yes. But there's so many guys at the top of this roster mm-hmm. right now that, I, that Punk can work all like the... Like, mid upper card guys and eventually get to yeah and that's fine and that would be even better because you don't just thrust this not old timer but like this guy that just came back into this like the top spotlight you want him working with the younger guys to make him look better or make them look better both like he did with darby allen which is crazy because darby allen looks good on his own so like you could Mm -hmm. only imagine what a match like this looks like i totally recommend watching it it was phenomenal Something that I didn't really watch, though, because like I said earlier, it was a power nap time, some people's bathroom breaks, Paul White versus QT Marshall. I think Paul White won this match. I'll tell you this much. While you were taking a nap, I was watching this match. I don't know who won. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just straight up, all I could think, and like, God bless him, Paul White, I just, I don't want him to be wrestling. Yeah, he, he doesn't he move. be. 
He's not moving well. He's, his, like, still recovering from a hip surgery, like, eight yeah. months ago. And then we, like, on Dynamite, so we didn't talk about it, or Dynamite or Rampage, whichever one, yeah, one Billy Gunn and his sons came out and attacked Paul White. And then we got no real follow-up mm-hmm. here, which was weird. Uh, yeah, well, maybe like, we will next week. Yeah, it was just a weird match because all I could think the whole time was, like, the guy doesn't move well. Mm-mm. And, like, it looks like he has hip issues. And, like, we can work to his strengths and kind of, you know, make him look as good as he can. But, like, I don't know how many of these he has in him. I think it was a waste of time to do a QT Marshall match, to be honest. I think it it was solely because after something, first off, this pay-per-view, like I've already said and I will probably continue to say, was just phenomenal from start to finish. This was the only, like, downtime. Yes, and I think that they needed this downtime because then they were setting up for the main event. The next match is the main event, but they were just coming off of CM Punk and Darby Allin. We needed a little bit of a downtime to bring in the main event because even after the main event... Some crazy shit happened. So it's not like it was main event, then done, everybody goes about their way. Ooh. It was main event, amazingness, and then everybody somehow went about their day. Like, I don't I don't even think I slept last night after this. I, QT Marshall, Paul White, I think that needed to happen. It needed to happen yeah. just so that people could take that break, people could come down. I needed my power nap so that I could watch the rest of this pay-per-view. Let's get into this. It was Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the championship. We already said we did not think Christian Cage was going to win this match because he already took, well, technically, I guess, two titles off of Kenny Omega. Still yeah, kind of confused about the that. Whole, but. The whole story of this match was Christian Cage was the first person to pin Kenny Omega yes. in AEW. Mm-hmm. And he did so by taking the Impact World Championship from Kenny Omega, and now we're fighting for the AEW World Championship. Mm-hmm. And this match was long. It was very good. Christian Cage so has good. yet to have like a stinker. Uh, at, yeah. like in AEW and Kenny great. is just fantastic with everyone he works with and Kenny does get this win yes which we had assumed yes and then all the elite come down and they're gonna beat the hell out of Christian Cage mm-hmm. okay and the whole time that this is happening the yes chants start to begin yeah because everybody is ready want- Brian Danielson. We're ready for him. We want Brian Danielson. It was rumored that he was coming tonight. This was one of the rumors that I had kind of teased on our last episode. Will he be here tonight? There were other people here. Jungle Boy. uh, What's your your dinosaur guy? Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus. (laughs) Like, all of them were here to help defend Christian Cage. Yes. There was a full-on brawl. And then the Elite are out here. So we've got the Young Bucks, and we've got Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, Mm -hmm. and they are all beating the hell out of Christian Cage. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus come out, but it's not enough. They need somebody to help even it out. Mm -hmm. Kenny Omega gets on the microphone and says that you guys need to understand that nobody is better than him. Mm -mm. Nobody can beat him. Nobody can beat him, and the only people that can are either not here, already retired, or they're already dead. Mm -hmm. And then the lights go out. And I'm ready to just jump up in my yes, yes, yes. I'm ready for Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, to come out and help Christian Cage take down the elite. Like, I'm so ready for it. And guess what? And instead... That's not what happened. That is not what happened. No. Adam fucking Cole is in All Elite Wrestling. What the actual fuck is happening? I was losing my mind. Obviously, that's um, the only the, the only answer to this situation. I am on the train of I think Adam Cole is the best in wrestling. 
Yeah. Which is crazy because I believe his fiance is the best women's wrestler. Um, just what a power couple. Now, For real. All Elite Wrestling has both of them. And Adam Cole comes out, and we did not notice it at the time. No. But he came out of a certain entrance. Yep. And he makes his way out. First of all, banger theme song. Everybody is freaking out. Because we've said this Everybody's already. Everybody's losing their minds. Huge pop because it's a surprise. It is a huge surprise and makes WWE look even worse. Oh, my God. We knew Guys. Adam Cole's contract was coming up. We knew that it was coming to an end. We knew he had a meeting with Vince McMahon. And you mean to tell me that this old man looked at Adam Cole and didn't go, mm, we need to extend Here's this $10 contract? Million. Like, give that guy any amount of money he wants. Let him have a, t- a Twitch stream. Yeah. Let him do We're whatever. We're going to buy you new monitors, yes. new cameras, all the video oh, games you want. What a huge mistake. What a huge mistake. They let this man go, and this man pops up at AEW, and he comes out, and we're I mean, like, oh, my God. Just weeks after his final match with Kyle O'Reilly yes. on NXT. Because he doesn't have a non-compete. Well, no, no, no. So, listen, the reason why he's allowed to do that is because his contract expired. Mm-hmm. They did not release him. Oh, so right. So when your contract expires, right. just like John Moxley, right. there is no non-compete clause, mm-hmm. which is even... Dumber. So, so silly. They let this man's contract expire. So dumb. And he says this in um, the press conference after the show that he didn't even know his contract expired. Mm-hmm. He thought it was expiring in December, and he thought that he was probably going to join All Elite Wrestling at the time. And he realized like a few days before that match against Kyle O'Reilly that, oh shit, my contract expires in like three days. Mm-hmm. And the, the match with Kyle Riley was very important to him, and he wanted to finish it out strong. And it's just, when he took that loss to Kyle Riley, we were both like, ugh. Yeah, we're like, is he going to be on SmackDown, or is yeah. is he jumping ship? And this surprise was everything. This everything. was just, I did not see it coming. No. I really thought Adam Cole would maybe stay in WWE, but then, like we talked about... <laughs> If you if you're Adam Cole and you see Karrion Cross exactly. get brought up and you get that dumbass exactly outfit, right. and Adam Cole did reference in the press conference he did have a, a meeting with Vince McMahon and it went very well. Mm-hmm. Didn't say why exactly yeah. it didn't end up with him resigning, but some of his best friends in the world are here. Well, it's funny and he because he comes out. And he's going to hug those best friends after kicking Jungle Boy in the fucking face. Yeah, but you even said, like, he used to be part of, like, the Young Bucks and everything, like, the... Well, that was the the already dead thing. Yes, in, yes. You said that when he yes. came out, you were like, oh, you know, this is who they're referencing, he's already dead. So, in my head, he's going to come out and basically challenge Kenny Omega. And then he comes up and he just kicks Jungle Boy, poor little baby Jungle Boy, right in the face and then turns around and hugs group his hug. group hug with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And the Young Bucks are kissing him on the face and they're on the mic. Like, he's like, you think I would turn against my best friends? No way. These are well, my best. he's had best- no chance in hell. Yeah. He's a no chance in hell. These are my best friends. You know, Kenny Omega's like, this is our boy, blah, blah, blah. And then... Kenny Omega wants to send the crowd home happy. Yep. And he's going to do his his little farewell that he always does at the end of these shows. Mm-hmm. And then we get the opening of The Flight of the Valkyries, which turns into like a... It's just a dope theme just song. Just a slapping, like, oh, trap so remix good. of it. So good. But Brian Danielson's here. Uh, uh, what? What? Because we don't just end at one surprise. No. Like, this show ended 20 minutes ago. Yeah. 
And Adam Cole is now here. The crowd's going insane. We're about to send the crowd home. Not, I mean, probably not happy, but like pretty, pretty amped. Yeah. And then Daniel Bryan. I'm sorry, Brian Danielson is in the building, and Just, he evens it out, and we get this big brawl between Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and Christian Cage and Brian Danielson on one side. Then we have the Young Bucks and Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson and Adam Cole Bebe on the other side, and all Elite Wrestling has absolutely taken over the world. WWE, if you can hear this, you fucked up. How do you, Adam Cole, how do you, how do you let him go? The man, you Adam mean, Cole is 32 years old. Like, you mean to tell me that you couldn't figure out something in his contract to let him continue on Twitch, to let him do a little bit more things? Brian Danielson. I don't think there's anything WWE could have done to keep up Brian No, Anderson. because in his press conference, originally I'm sitting here going, you mean to tell me you couldn't work something out so that he could have these New Japan matches? Yeah. But in his press conference, he basically said that they did. Yeah, which is insane. Which shows you, still, like, yeah. there was rumors going around a few months ago that when Brian Danielson's uh, contract expired that WWE was willing to work with New Japan. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh, it's just to appease Brian Danielson. And then nothing ever really came of it. No. And it was just to appease Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. And he did reference that in the press conference that he he is one of the only guys that still absolutely loves WWE. He was happy to have worked there. He has family he, that's he there. Leaves, yeah, he leaves with no ill will towards them. Mm-mm. But he saw what was going on in AEW. He wants to work in New Japan. He wants to work in Mexico. And it just made more sense mm-hmm. to go to AEW and try this out. Because he believes he is the best wrestler in the world. And he wants to see what the elite are all about. I need to see him versus Orange Cassidy. I need to see their kicks. I need to see it. I, I, I can't wait to see both of these men... Punk included in this, the th- these three men just wrestle all elite. Like, I can't wait to like, see it. What a month for Tony Khan and for all elite wrestling. They bring in CM Punk. They mm-hmm. bring in Ruby Soho. They bring in Adam Cole. They bring in Brian Danielson. They bring in some of the hottest names in all of wrestling today. Past, present, future, everything. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, WWE brought back Brock Lesnar. Cool. Cool. Great. Yeah. You are losing this battle yeah. hard because brought- people are seeing what's happening in All Elite Wrestling and they want like, to jump. They brought back my favorite female wrestler. You bring Becky Lynch back and I'm hype as hell about that and you can't say that I'm not. But you have Adam Cole Bebe as All Elite. You have... Brian Danielson, and he's going to be traveling, so it's not going to just be all elite. He is going to be in Mexico. He is going to be in New Japan. You have well, not yet. He yes, did say in the press conference he's not too keen on traveling right now. Of but course, he wants the opportunity, which yes, this which allows it, him. this allows that. You have oh, in one night. You have Ruby Soho, Daniel Bryan. I'm sorry, Brian Danielson. That one's going to be a little bit hard. Yeah, and then. Adam Cole, and then on top of that, you have CM Punk wrestling for the first time in seven years. This is one night. Yeah. One night. It's one night. What is WWE going to do on Monday? On Monday Night Raw? It's a great question. Um, I don't know. Even if I was in their position, I don't know what I would do. Because at this point, there's so much hype surrounding AEW. Yeah. 
and they are grabbing everyone available with any kind of cachet to their name. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, again... It's not evening out the you playing had field. Adam Cole, who is 32 years old, at the top of his game. Mm-hmm. And apparently offered him a good amount of money. Yeah. And I don't know if the Twitch stream was, like, the biggest... You know, that was the, the, the breaking point, which would be asinine, if that's the case. Yeah. But these guys all want freedom. Yeah. And WWE is not offering freedom. No. They are a sports entertainment company, and these people want to wrestle. And Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, put it in one of the best ways. This was after the cameras go up. Like, this was after the pay-per-view ends. He's still in the ring, and he's still talking to the crowd. And... He said something that Daniel Bryan is one of the best wrestlers of all time. Of course. It just He just is. Like, there's there's no arguing that. And WWE treated him exceptionally well. Well, yeah, of course. And he has family in the WWE, legitimate family, his wife, his father-in-law. And he still jumped ship because he's a pro wrestler. And he said it best. He brings wrestling wherever he goes. So even though he was in a sports entertainment company, he was wrestling. And they let that happen. They do not let that happen for everybody else. And AEW does. They are a pro wrestling organization. And they're proving that. And they're dominating. Yeah, I mean, WWE, they're going to be fine. Because they are a corporation they are a publicly traded company um and there's nothing that's going to stop them in that aspect but the hype and the momentum mm-hmm. is firmly on the side of aew mm-hmm. it is the place to be it is where all the stars want to go i'm very intrigued as to like the next year about whose contracts start to co-expiring and who is next to take that jump we have free agents available, guys like Braun Strowman, guys like Bray Wyatt, guys like Buddy Murphy. We have guys, Bronson Reed, that are out there. Mm-hmm. And I, you can't sign them all. There are a lot of rumors going around Buddy Murphy, but I, I don't know, man. You I, can't, you can't it, all go to AEW. Exactly. There are other promotions exactly. available. Well, I did hear rumors about Buddy Murphy going to Impact, but then with all of this happening yesterday, now people are saying Buddy Murphy is going to be showing up on Dynamite this week. I, I don't know if I believe. I'll believe that when I see it. Right now, I'm still so on cloud nine from seeing Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan and the Punk wrestle again for the first time. And even, I mean, honestly, Big Show, Paul White, this was his first match in a while yeah, but, yeah so i mean yeah exactly they had a lot of first last night and they are they're so high up and they're still only going to go up from here it's so crazy to me well they have such an advantage that i mean wwe created their own disadvantage by creating their own universe where no other companies exist yes aew like if buddy murphy goes to impact he can still come to aew and work yeah if Braun Strowman decides to go to New Japan, he could still come to AEW and work. Oh my work. god, could you imagine Braun Strowman in New Japan? They'd love him. He he would become a god over there. They have, AEW has created a company, and they keep calling it the Forbidden Door, but at this point it's not even forbidden. It's Mm-mm. just a welcome invitation. Yeah. Anybody that at wants to come. At this point it's an open door. Yes. Anybody that wants to come out and wrestle under the AEW brand can do so. WWE is at a disadvantage that they created for themselves. By making themselves this their own insular universe, mm-hmm. it does nothing else exists outside of it, unless and until they change that. 
AEW is just going to continue to put on dream matches between different promotions and take all of the top guys and put them against each other. And that is what every pro wrestling fan wants. Yeah, like we have John Moxley is on AEW wrestling New Japan wrestlers as the GCW champion. Yes. Like John Moxley. Christian Cage alone is in is the main three. event of an AEW show while being the Impact World Champion in a championship he won on AEW exactly. Rampage. Exactly. Like this is this is everything that pro wrestling fans and pro wrestlers themselves want. It's what we want to see. It's what they want to be a part of. And AEW is making it happen. And I have nothing but good things to say about it. Yeah, I mean, it was the best show of the year. By far. I implore By everyone far. to watch it. There's something for everyone in this. And it just, you know, we'll kind of close out with the same way that Brian Danielson closed out um, his press conference. Was that he firmly believes that if you show anyone like just spectacular wrestling mm -hmm. they will like it yeah because pro wrestling is awesome yeah and that is what aew is providing and i mean again it's the best show of the year everyone should go take a look there's something for everyone in this show and if you like surprises if you like to see fans just lose their absolute minds yeah, grown individuals i mean this show has everything on multiple different spots on this show, you will see everybody lose their mind multiple different times with Punk, with John Moxley. Honestly, people were even kind of excited to see Paul White wrestle. And that last 20 minutes, watch it. Watch the whole thing. It was kind of long, but it doesn't matter. Watch the whole thing. It was amazing. We'll be back next week for another episode, probably have some WWE stuff and AEW stuff combined again. I know this was a bonus episode this week, but, you know, follow us on social media at HeBookSheBook and catch us every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, guys.